You're listening to Dots, Lines, and Destinations, a travel podcast with host Stephen Seagraves, Fosma Moon, and Seth Miller. Hello, and welcome to episode 467 of Dots, Lines, and Destinations. I am Stephen Seagraves, joined by Seth Miller right off the bat, and I think Fosma Mood is going to join us in a bit. So, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, you know. We made, we made chocolate chip cookies tonight, so, you know, life is good. Yeah, that's a plus. All right. Are, are you guys, did you guys, like, dig out of the storm yet? We didn't get buried too badly. We had, well, so, when we came home... That last week from our trip, I landed in what was essentially like the rainy edge of the blizzard in Boston mm-hmm. and drove through the transition of the slush up into snow. Actually, the bus driver drove me through that, which was wonderful um, because <laughs> it was nasty. And I was glad to have a heavier vehicle and someone else behind the wheel, especially jet lag. And I just did the last 20 minutes home, which you know, it's probably a 15 minute drive that took me 25. But, yeah. um, and then I didn't leave my house for five days. Yeah, we went a little stir crazy. It was just ice, ice, ice everywhere. Baby, you forgot the baby line. Uh, I wasn't gonna go there. I don't want to get. I don't want to get team C eight. <laughs> I assure you, we won't sound enough like it to count. <laughs> um, yeah, the, no, ice is bad. We fortunately, like the roads here, got clean pretty quick, and you know, we actually we did some grocery shopping, or whatever. So we're fine. Yeah, if, if if I had come in Tuesday, if I had come home Tuesday, I probably yeah. wouldn't have made it home. You still mm-hmm. sitting out at the airport? Yeah, I'd have been in a hotel at the airport. Yeah. For, five days so yeah anyway um delta a350 1000 order yeah big news big order big planes well not a big order though right it's only 20 frames with 20 options yeah and there there was a couple interesting bits in the comments one was uh in announcing it during the earnings call and it sort of came out before the earnings call but whatever um in discussing it during the earnings call Ed Bastian says, you know, well, for the seven compared to the seven sixty seven three hundred or the seven sixty sevens, this is replacing. Which I was like, what? Mm-hmm. And it, this is the cascade effect that Delta has, right, or that everybody has with fleet replacement. So you buy a bigger plane, and then you sort of push the smaller ones out the back end. So they've been pushing fifty seaters out, um, more or less. And so, uh, you know, fifty seaters now become seventy seaters in those markets where they keep them. Um, those become a two twenties or. Uh, 717s, although the 717s are supposed to be going eventually, et cetera, et cetera. And so, like, you know, what was a 737-800 becomes an A321neo, which is 20 more seats. And then on the wide-body side, the 763s, they're saying, are going to be gone, say, late mid-decade, around 2027, 2028. And the Mm -hmm. the 764s will be on domestic duty only by then, possibly still running through the end of the decade. But, right, that was... I think both Delta and United have sort of called their 765s or 75s and 76s sort of a flex fleet where they can keep them as long as they need to until they get something else. But when they get something else, they've got a plan to put them into service. Yeah. And the only question really that I, you know, keep coming up back to on that idea is like, okay, so I say the 351,000 is a big plane, right? It's not quite a 747, but I imagine it will do what the 747 used to do for Delta in a lot of ways. So, uh, trunk routes to Seoul. Right, where you're doing a lot of Asia onward connections that used to go through Narita, which is where Northwest used to put all the 747s back in the day. Um, maybe a few to Paris also, although European routes tend to do frequency more than capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, I mean, the, the, it's only 20 planes and they probably need 60 or 80 at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, okay, maybe they exercise the options and that's 40, but then what do you do for the other 40 planes you need? And I think... You know, there's some people still holding out hope that Boeing gets a 787 order in there. Can't imagine they do a 777X because you don't need 
the Ranger capacity now that you've got the 350 1000. And so does it make sense to do a 30 to 50-ish plane fleet of 767s if you can get them cheap enough? 787s. I'm sorry, yeah, 787s if you can get them cheap enough? Yep. Um, because that's, unfortunate these days, that's the closest thing in capacity to a 767. Yep. And if you want to put 200 seats on a long-haul market, that's, you know, you that's can't do it. That's the way to do it. Even though a 320 LR, XLR, theoretically, you can seat that many people. It's not really if you fly at full distance in a premium config. So, yep. Do you, I mean, so what do you think the, the A350 1000s kind of take the place of these trunk routes and then the A350 900s kind of do the more, uh, I'd say, longer hauls? Um, like, yeah. Like Joburg or Cape Town or whatever. Yeah, they'll stay in South Africa. They'll stay uh, India, some of those much longer routes. But the, yeah, I mean, I, the thousands can go that far too, right? They're not, they don't, they're not that really range limited. But it might be but too many seats. You might have to block some seats. Or, and again, the efficiency you get from them is filling all the seats. And so there's just markets where you want that onward connectivity to really optimize. So what are they really going to replace the 767s with? The A330s that they have? Yeah, I think so. It just it seems like a... Much bigger plane. Yeah, it's a much bigger plane that maybe is too much for what they're... There what they is, use. despite you know all the conversation about mom right middle of market airplanes there is no legit replacement for a 767 right now yeah yeah kind of sucks yeah 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 we all figured out then yeah. it, the real thing about this sucks is the 767 was so comfortable that 232 layout mm-hmm. in coach um it was arguably less good in business class because you ended up with the weird solo seat in the middle always and well it was 222 for a while which was a crappy product and then the solo seat in the middle wasn't great in many cases and then Trying to go direct aisle access became weird. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, I, I slum it pretty pretty often, so I don't mind a good product in the back. Yeah, I mean the the two three two was nice in the back, so it'll be missed. Um, they also had some new config stuff. Yeah, this was the seven thirty seven. So the seven thirty seven eight hundreds is based. I want to say the oldest mainline fleet. I'm sure the seven seventeens are comparable, but they're they're old. Um, a lot of them twenty plus years at this point, and they had redone some of the interiors on the, like the first 40 or so and the next 40 are finally going and so they're getting new seats uh the first class seat is going to be the same as the a321 neo which is like that weird not weird the big winged headrest mm-hmm. if you remember like the hard wing that sort of comes out around the side a little bit yeah um, bigger screens nicer screens these are ones that had like really old really crappy entertainment systems on board uh in the seat and so they're getting much bigger nicer screens uh Interestingly, it appears to still be Panasonic hardware, not the Delta Flight products internal hmm. product. Hmm. Um, I haven't sorted that out yet, but this is this is a fun one. It like it came up as an approved STC on the ninth, and I was had reached out to Delta trying to get answers about what was going on, and then started to get some unofficial answers, and then the plane entered service on Saturday afternoon. So no. now mm-hmm. we know. No. Uh, someone leaked some pictures on Reddit, and then it's it's flying. So the first one's out there. Uh, the next forty will happen about two a month hmm. over the next. 20 months so late 2025 will get done i mean it's good i think uh yeah. i mean the 738 the 737 800s were definitely kind of beat up um kind of like united's yeah they're old. um yeah they're just old um so it's good i i it is interesting that they're not going with their own product yes yeah, i'm wish i could get an answer from them on that 
Yeah, it's that seems strange to me. But the, the only thing I can think is potentially one of the nice things about the Panasonic product line is they make it sort of fully forward and backwards compatible. Okay. So you can put new screens on an old server and vice versa, and you don't get necessarily 100% of the services all the time, mm. but you get enough of it that if, because these planes are so old and they're not going to keep them forever, maybe they decided to not invest in the extra infrastructure to put like a new head end on. Yep, yep. And they found a way to keep the server but only replace the screens, and that would be cheaper this way. Hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Potentially. I mean, I depend, you know, depending on how much screens cost, yada, 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 but... Yeah. Um, and then there's Which, a new... By the way, I apologize. I've been told I say yada, yada, yada on the show a lot. Yada, yada, yada. That's okay. It's, you can, you're, you know, it's, it's fine. But it's, you can yada, yada, yada as much as you want. Um, uh, and then there's an A321, a new config that is that's coming out on. Yeah. So this is another one where, uh, an STC application or not STC. This is a, yeah, I guess a waiver application went in. Um, so we, we learned this actually a couple of years ago when they announced the 321 Neo config for the domestic product. They also leaked a second. Or a second seat map was revealed, uh, showing uh, lie flat seats up front. Uh, sixteen of them, I think it's sixteen, then twelve premium economy, true comfort, uh, what, premium select they call it. Uh, mm-hmm. Something fifty something comfort plus, and another like fifty two and sixty eight, or fifty eight and sixty two. I forget uh, comfort plus and regular economy. So it's a, a relatively low density plane, about one hundred and fifty seats on board, and it was that layout was teased two years ago. Uh, it now Airbus has applied for the necessary paperwork to actually install and deliver it with that layout on board. So pretty confident that we will see that flying in the back half of this year. And do you think that's going to be their new premium transcon type product? That is the expectation. Yeah. Which again, right. What do you have to replace the 763, which is what they use on a lot of transcons right now yep. and 752, right. That's yep. basically their transcon product right now. Well, the 763, like, this A321 Neo actually isn't bad for that. It's about the right number of seats. It just doesn't have the legs to do longer haul. Like Delta mm-hmm. also sends their 763s Honolulu to Haneda. Yep. yep. The 321 Neo is not going to do that route. I, um, having said that, now I should check a map just to make sure, but not I'd, be, I'd be very surprised if it did. Yeah, yeah. I kind of want to see what they're... What they're supporting. 3,800 miles, it theoretically could if they e-topsed it, but... yeah. It's got the range, but I still don't expect that it would. So I want to I want to see the picture of this. Do you do you have a link to what the new or like what the seat map would look like? The seat map we have a link on. Uh, I said the light bulb. We're here. It's uh, forty five degree angle to the aisle, head in the aisle, feet in the window. Okay. Okay. Um, Similar to like Americans F product, I guess that they were doing on their three twenty ones, and probably. Yeah. Where it's like one one. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's uh, 16 of those. Uh, right, I got the numbers here. Um, I think it's interesting that they're putting a real premium select cabin on board. Mm-hmm. Right, It's a 2-2 layout. It's not just a blocked middle seat. Uh, 54 in Comfort Plus and 66 in regular economy. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is. Maybe, maybe they use them out of JFK for some of the weird one-off routes that they were doing. Right, you could do British Isles, Ireland in the summer kind of thing. You could yeah. do... Iceland. Uh, Iceland. The Nordics, maybe. Nordics. Yeah. If you do one off, I mean, if it's summer only. Thing is, I mean, depends on how many of them they do. And then what do you do with them the other part of the year? Because you don't have that much extra demand for, uh, like, domestic. It's not like, it's not like Transcon drops 
Mm. Yeah, yeah. In the summer, that's still a premium market. So, yeah. Anyway, we'll see. It's a, it's. I mean, it's it's a neat idea. Um, I'm guessing this is what United's thinking about with the uh, seven eight se- or seven thirty seven uh, Max tens, right? Like similar type thing, and their three twenty one Neos XLR or XLR, excuse me. Yeah, that they're they're considering. So yeah, we'll see how it works out. Yep. Um, we've got Southern Airways Express. Uh, ran off the runway. No, Southern Airways Express. Oh, got oh, off the it, ground. it got off the ground and then landed on an expressway. Yes, and immediately phoned in that they were at Wendy's. Uh, yeah, that one, uh, big, in the storm at Dulles on Thursday, I think, uh, last week, got off the ground and like three minutes later was on the Loudoun County Expressway Highway just off the edge of the airport. Uh, when, when told to contact departure, the response was, yeah, we're on the ground now. And the air traffic controller was like, say again? She's like, yeah, we're on the ground. Everybody's okay, but we're on the ground. And I was like, okay, I guess we'll dispatch rescue vehicles. Uh, it was, you know, it was unexpected. Uh, she yeah. did call out a mayday at one point, I think, but it was uh, an unexpected experience. And then, like, state your location. Yeah, we're across from the Wendy's and an Aldi. <laughs> um, everybody walked away from it. Uh, the plane looks like it'll fly again, so that was good. Uh, but did they see what the problem with the problem they had? I haven't heard a report yet. I'm gonna guess uh, it certainly had something to do with the weather or the engine. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, but then uh, an American Eagle 145 slid off the runway in Rochester, and a KLM 737 oh. slid off the runway in Yutaboria, which is also known as Gothenburg in English. It's more fun to say Yutaboria. Huh? Um, last week, so three different icy experiences at least. Wow. Uh, yeah, but the AA flight at least arrived at the gate. Sort of. <laughs> according to their flight, according to their flight status, it said it arrived at the gate. It did. <laughs> well, well, no pause. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's good that every, I mean, everybody walked away from these, but it again proves the point to, uh, you know, make sure your stuff is in your pockets and fasten your seatbelt. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, um, and then Akasa, which is Akasa is the Indian airline, correct? Correct. It's not to be confused with Alaska, even though literally every time I read it, I get it wrong. Yes, they have 150 Max 10s on order. Split between the 10 and the 8200. So last week was Wings India, which is sort of a, I think it's in Hyderabad. It's the big air show in India. Yep. And so the Indian Airlines, a couple big bits of news from there. This is one of them. The only major order, I think, that came out, but they've been on the fence about getting the some more planes for a while now. And you know, it's this is a long-term order. It's not going to happen all at once. But another 150 planes. You know, it's a growth market in theory. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, it's a ton of planes. Uh, when yeah. you think when you think about it, it's just like what? Um, <laughs> so yeah, big big order. And then uh, Air India, A350 passenger experience. Did we get a report on what what's happening there? They unveiled some of the details. So the the weirdish bit is that the first six planes they took are were supposed to be lift. Uh, Aeroflot 350s, okay. right? That they obviously didn't get delivered for uh, warfare reasons. And so now they, Air India took them, and it's not necessarily the product that's going to be around forever, but with all the rebranding and everything else going on, Air India unveiled it. And it's, you know, it looks fancy. They did uh, one of the neat things they did, and obviously this is sort of a very much a marketing thing, but like the salt and pepper shakers for their first class uh-huh. are stack like little is it tiffin the lunch boxes mm-hmm. right the, the cans like they stack like that which is just a cute uh nod to the culture and a nice thing to see it's 
only going to be on the first class product, as I understand it, which isn't even uh, flying on these planes, but they showed off a lot of different stuff. Uh, massive upgrade for their in-flight entertainment system. They're actually going to have content on board. <laughs> like, think they, the press release I got was 2,200 titles, like full, basically a full set of movies, which are 2,200 hours, excuse me, um, which considering how not that long ago Air India was suggesting that it would uh, strip IFE off. Hmm. This is not so bad. Yeah, a thousand hours of movies, both Hollywood and Bollywood. Um, they're they're going hard on this stuff. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make me want to fly Air India um, until we hear about how you know if the service has changed, right, or just the overall experience. This is a, I think it's a step in the right direction, but we've heard some real horror stories. Yeah, I think one of the questions is, can they maintain it? Right. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, how quickly does the whole thing get beat to shit? I mean, just look at what happened with their 787s, right? They got all these brand new 787s, and then they just started falling apart, and they started stripping them for parts. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, 21-inch HD screens in business class. It's nice. Yeah. It's, yeah, nice. I mean, it's probably the same size as my home television, because um, <laughs> I don't watch TV much. But anyway, um, let's see what else we've got here. Oh, Alaska. So some interesting changes for Alaska. We had hinted at this kind of thinking about it, but Alaska and Porter had announced a partnership, uh, I don't know, a couple months ago. Um, and we were all kind of pontificating on how that was going to work and what was the, you know, partnership actually going to look like. And Alaska's now announced, uh, Seattle to Toronto, which is, which, yeah, it's Pearson, right? So it's the, the big airport in Toronto, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, but what I'm a little intrigued by on that is like, how many onward connections does that really enable? Mm-hmm. I think it's probably less about onward connection. It's probably more people connecting in Seattle to get to Toronto. Mm. Okay. But you, so you don't think it's necessarily related to Porter? Uh, I mean, it could be, but I don't think it's necessarily. I, I know I do not think it's necessarily related to Porter because I think they have, you know, getting to Toronto from the West Coast and not taking Air Canada is not always an easy feat. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess there are a decent number of further east. Uh, Airports. Um, do they do Pearson to like Montreal and Ottawa? I think I think Porter does, right? Why is this doing this? This is so wrong. Oh, hang on. I'm sorry. I'm trying to map it while we're talking and have a very bad. So uh, Halifax, Ottawa, Montreal, and uh, St. John's out in Newfoundland. Okay. Are the routes that they offer out of Toronto that are not back to the United States, which they can't go to the United States because Canada. But are they from Pearson or from... They're from Pearson. Okay. And that's right. They also have like um, Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, and Victoria out of Pearson. But not, no one's going to fly all the way to Toronto to backtrack two-thirds of the way across Canada. Yeah. That's why I'm surprised. So, but it, honestly, it may just be demand into Canada. Yeah. yeah. Do they do... I mean, do they do like Saint uh, Sault Ste. Marie as well? Or is that only out of Billy Bishop? If they do it, it's only out of Billy Bishop. Okay, because there's like Moncton as well, Fredericton. Yeah, there's a lot of little stuff that's out of... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Some of those places are from like Ottawa and Montreal. They're not from Toronto, so you could do a double connect to some of these. Mm-hmm. And some of them are small enough that you have to double connect no matter what anyways. Exactly. So, I mean, I, I guess it's kind of partially... Um... Yeah, and the competition is uh, a double daily A220 on Air Canada. Yeah. yeah. So, this is a lot... I mean, it's not more capacity but it's in a single flight a lot of capacity it's more than 50 percent it's a mm. bump up so 
Yeah. And for like, I guess if you're, you know, in Portland or one of the Washington destinations that's not Seattle, this is an easy way to get to the east coast of Canada um, comparatively, yeah. right? So without having to fly Air Canada. So yeah, cool. It's good. Yeah. But it comes at the expense or as part of all the changes, they're dropping a few routes too. Yep. Pa- uh, Pain to Honolulu is getting dropped. Yeah. Foz, are you going to get that one before it goes away? I'm going to try. A, Miami PDX didn't last very long. No. I think that's pure. Miami or Orlando PDX that was going. It's, I saw Miami PDX. Atlantic, okay. Going. I think that's purely max nine. Like they're like, what can we cut? And they're like Miami, just get rid of it because the AA flies it. They can't be planning that the max nines are going to be grounded forever. Yeah, because Miami PDX is dropping in May. That's mm-hmm. still three months, three and a half months away. Or maybe it was just a test, and they said we're not doing well. Can or we... the fact that AA added a flight at the same time is just too much. Yeah, could be. Apparently, by the way, just on the max nine stuff because we still don't know what the hell's going on there. Um. Apparently, and I don't remember if we only talked about this over beers or if we talked about it on the show last week, last week mm-hmm. but apparently the NTSB is looking more closely into the idea that the engines were too heavy and flexed the fuselage and caused it to deform. Uh, okay. If that's the case... Uh, compared to the 900ER. So, yeah. I mean, the, the, the news we got last week, I think on Thursday or Friday, both United and Alaska indicated that they had completed the initial tests that... Uh, that the FAA wanted. They wanted them to inspect approximately 40 of the 150 planes across the two carriers, 160 mm-hmm. planes across two carriers. They wanted them to inspect 40 of them, provide those results, and then Boeing and the FAA would decide if the inspection process was sufficient and yada yada and all that other bit. So uh, we'll see. But still no word on what the formal inspection process is going to be. So no timeline on return to service yet. <laughs> I bet the airlines are just pissed right now. Well, they have, they have to be. Yeah, and also, I have to assume a little worried about what happens with the 900ERs. Yeah, I mean, if something was to be, if they were to question the plug, and they said, yeah, now you yeah. have to inspect the 900ERs, I mean, that's that pretty much kneecaps Alaska. Completely. Yeah, there's a rumor floating around that United was inspecting them during out-of-sequence checks, but not grounding them for those inspections. So, Great. very much a rumor. I can't prove it one way or another, but I saw it reported on the internet, so maybe it's true. Maybe, yeah. Um, Turkish has filed Melbourne, uh, service to Melbourne via Singapore. Yep. Didn't, didn't see that one coming. Maybe we talked about this. We did? Yeah. Oh. I kind of yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah. They got all the, slide. The, 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 the problem that we talked about if they could make it nonstop, they don't have the planes yet. And then uh, the thing was they, were, they hadn't bothered to file the uh, Singapore Fifth Freedom request. And so now mm-hmm. they got that in. Okay. So that's and that's where March, if I remember correctly. Okay. So pretty quick startup time, but they want to get that route moving. I mean, that's great, I guess. <laughs> I guess they can shuttle Russians to Australia. Australia. I think that uh, they would fly via Thailand or Singapore. I think, but can yeah. Russians even get into Australia? I think with the visa you can. Yeah, but are they issuing visas these days? I don't know. I don't know. Like the, I mean, I know people who've gotten US visas that are Russian, so I don't know. Um, I was going to talk about SAS. Yeah. They filed for Atlanta service to Copenhagen. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about them and their partnership or their leaving of, of, uh, Star Alliance and the coming partnership and, uh, partial ownership by Delta. Um, so this is part of that probably. It's partial ownership from Air France KLM, not Delta. Okay. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Uh, but 
And clearly there's an indication that they're leaning in the direction of Sky Team and all that jazz. So, yeah, uh, th- this certainly pushes them in that direction pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do they, I mean, do we know if they're going to have, they're going to code share, right, on this? Potentially with Delta? Or... I don't think they've applied for that yet. I would assume they, there was discussion that they would have onward connections with Delta via Atlanta. Okay. Um, it's not a code share yet, but it certainly could become one. Yeah. Yeah. The state yeah. working that. Yeah. It's super interesting. Um, I, I just don't see that as a market, right? Like a, a Copenhagen, Atlanta just seems kind of far fetched, but what, what do I know? It's probably onward connections that they're, that's the only reason they're doing it. I mean, there's probably a fair bit of, you know, deep in the summers. I'm sure people want to get beyond Atlanta. Yeah. Everyone connects to Atlanta. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> when we have to have guides on how you connect in Atlanta, I know everyone connects in Atlanta. Um, anyway, anything else you guys want late breaking or anything? No, I can't think of anything. Well, in the bonus topics, we're going to talk about uh, JetBlue and Spirit and kind of what's going on there. Uh, the LaGuardia Chase Lounge. Um, and it's coming home from Europe, as well as United scuttling uh, their Saudi Kuwait Airways code share. So, oh, no, no. Oh. United managed to scuttle the other two's code share. Ah, ah, sorry. It's pretty cool. So we're going to do yeah. that <laughs> again. Uh, but we want to thank our Patreons. If you're a Patreon subscriber, you'll get that content. Uh, we want to thank them, um, some new Patreon subscribers, Mike B, Justin C, and uh, Nawad L. Thank you for listening to the show and supporting us. And uh, yeah, if you're not a Patreon subscriber, thank you for listening to the show. And we'll talk to you in the next one. Happy travels. Take care. Catch you later.